the Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Once again, let me personally welcome you to Leadership Stars, where real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into leadership will be interviewed on their journey and will share their views on all aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if it is a team of only one right now. I'm your host, Linda Patton. I'm an international speaker and an international best-selling author, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. Now, Herding Cats comes from my journey of stepping out as a major in the military and a VP in corporate and owning my leadership. It teaches you the 12 key steps of leadership. Through Herding Cats, I guide leaders to uncover core strengths, to inspire with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. I've been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years in the military, in organizations, and most recently independently as a coach and mentor and guide. And today we're going to answer a few interesting questions around team building outdoors and how that can be fun while deepening relationships. So some of the questions we're going to talk about are, how can you improve connections, boost problem-solving and decision-making skills, and increase communications and trust using an outdoor adventure? How does learning compass and map skills translate to the workplace? And how do outdoor adventures turn basic survival skills into key ahas for life? And I have just one of my very, very dear friends, a mentor, a colleague, who I've known longer than I've had children. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) it's Trudy Trinner with the company Paleo Ventures. Trudy, welcome to Leadership Stars. Thank you, Linda. It's really nice to be with you today. I appreciate that very much. Well, Trudy, as I said, we've known each other for over 30 years, 35 maybe? Um, I know we were all very young when we started this, yeah. And, you know, you've done so much in your life. Would you share with the audience just a bit about where you come from and how you got to what you're doing today? Yes, I'd be happy to. You know, I started my career, as many women of our generation did, Linda, in teaching. Mm. And I was a, a French teacher for a very brief period of time. And I just decided that the classroom was not the place for me. So I ventured out to business. And my first corporate job was with the Xerox Corporation, which was very different than the classroom, very exciting, and a very interesting place for women to be in the early 70s. I was often the only woman in a group. And I'm sure you'll remember this, Linda. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I remember that very, very, very clearly. Exactly. 
So I worked for Xerox Corporation for a number of years, and then I got an interesting job offer to to move to California and start a company called Leopold & Associates, which did EEO and Affirmative Action Training, which was a passion of mine and still is, by the way. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I met the Forum Corporation, a Boston-based training and consulting company for whom I both sold and trained mm-hmm. leadership, sales, and management skills. After I had my one and only child, I decided that I would start my own business, building on those skills and that experience. And when he was 14 and 9-11 occurred, I decided that it was not a time for me to travel. And at that moment, I got a fascinating job offer from Kaiser Permanente to be a director of leadership development, which was a wonderful career move for me and gave me an opportunity to work with literally dozens and dozens of corporate teams and leaders to learn from them and also to teach them what I had learned along the way about being successful when working with other people. So that was that was my career. I retired from Kaiser Permanente in 2014 and stayed retired for six months. And then <laughs> it, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. But when an interesting opportunity presented itself, I just couldn't resist. They asked me to do an interesting off-site, and they didn't describe interesting. They simply said something different, something unusual. And my son was an outdoor mm-hmm. educator at the time, and he and I had talked about the skills that he taught and how those might be beneficial to managers in corporations. So we asked my client if we could pilot a new kind of team-building event outdoors they said, sure, we'd love it. So we did in May of 2014. They loved it. We loved it. And our business was formed. So, Trudy, you you formed Paleo Ventures with your son. Uh, and the rationale was because you had a great time doing this outdoor adventure with Kaiser Permanente. So had you thought about starting another company, or was this sort of a, an aha moment that said, this is really what I want to do in my retirement, not just sit around and drink tea? <laughs> That's a good question, Linda. Um, I, had, I had decided that when I retired, I wanted to live a life of service, and I wasn't exactly sure what that would look like, and I started doing volunteer work, and I joined my rotary, which did turn out to be an opportunity for service. But I also felt that I had a lot to offer. Just because you retire doesn't mean you have forgotten your skills and your passion for what you do. But the aha moment came when my son said he was not happy with his job. As a matter of fact, he at that moment had taken an indoor job with a very prestigious company. But he said to me one day, This job is killing my soul. I have to be outdoors. So that, combined with my own sense of I really want to continue to contribute, combined with the fact that it presented itself, was like the perfect storm. So it was not one thing that that made me start this. It was really a number of things that came together at the same time. And that's just amazing. And I know um, Jack, it is Jack, right? 
um, yes. teaches the outdoor skills, and then you debrief. So you get a chance to use your leadership skills and the leader development skills that you've gained over your career in order to do that, right? That's exactly right, Linda. And that really is what, what makes this exciting, fun, and useful because it would be fun if people just went outside and spent a day playing games together. It would also be useful if he then taught them how to survive in the wilderness. And then if you overlay that with a debrief of each one of the activities, which helps them focus on good team communications, giving feedback, managing handoff, um, when to use email and when not to use email, things that that really make a difference in how they communicate, that's what makes this really work. It's like a multi-layered experience for people. So, Trudy, how do you get them over the, oh, my God, it's the mud, the blood, and the beer, um, being out in the outdoors, and, oh, they're insects, and it's messy, and I don't know that I want to do that. How do you help your clients to get over that sort of ug factor? <laughs> well, that, to tell you the truth, that was the most challenging thing about starting this business because, as you probably know, when anyone says outdoor team building, they immediately say, oh, it's a ropes course or, mm-hmm. oh, it's a Tough mutter course or it's going to be messy and we're going to compete with each other and, and we'll be running around. And so there are two levels of getting over that. First is, when I'm talking to a manager who is considering taking this outdoors, I assure the manager that there is nothing competitive. There are no winners and losers. There is nothing physically challenging. As a matter of fact, we've taken uh, participants out in motorized wheelchairs. Uh, we've mm-hmm. taken participants out three weeks before knee surgery and um, and a woman who was eight months pregnant. So I assure them that there is nothing physically challenging about what we do. If anyone can walk, they can do what we do. So in the initial stages, I simply clarify what, what kinds of things we do. Once participants arrive, they've been given a little bit of information about the fact that it's not competitive, it's not difficult, but they really don't believe it. So we, again, emphasize <laughs> that. Exactly. And exactly. And yeah. the first thing we do when they, the first thing we do in the day is I meet them at their location and give them directions on, on, uh, about how to get to where we're headed. And those directions are written as if they were uh, a road rally. So I don't just give them an address. They leave in teams of four in their own separate cars. And I give them the instructions like um, exit your parking lot. Assume that you've decided you want a quick vacation in Hawaii, so head in that direction for two miles. Once you come to a signpost that says um, turn left here for the XYZ experience, don't turn left, keep going for another three blocks. Then turn in the direction of Mexico City. So the, the day starts out with sort of an easy, fun activity. And then when they arrive, again, we give them an overview of the day saying nothing competitive, nothing difficult, nothing messy, nothing dangerous. So we say it again and again and again. 
And then when they do the first activity, which is simply to tell Jack their most intense outdoor experience, they start talking, they start relaxing, and then as we start doing our get-to-know-you activities, they begin to relax and see that truly nothing is going to happen that is messy, hard, competitive, or dangerous. Trudy, I remember you you told me a story about one of your teams, and I think it was out of a hospital, um, and, and I thought it was a brilliant example of what they learn before they even get into the event. Could you share just a little bit about that? What they learn before they come to the event? No. Um, I remember you said that when they actually got to the event, they were sharing um, what things had gone on in the car and how they'd already learned something about each other before they actually got to the event. Ah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, you're right, Linda. We do a lot of work with healthcare because... What is more important than a healthcare team being strong and cohesive? So that is one of our um, largest client groups. So in that in that driving to the uh, to the meeting to the location, people learn about one another in the car, and sometimes we will insert questions in there, such as, um, "You're now passing an institution of higher learning." Remember what you were like at that age and describe yourself at that age to the people in your car. So they were passing at that moment a high school. So each person had a chance to say, oh, when I was in high school, I lived in Philadelphia and it was a pretty tough place to grow up. Or I was on the beach in Southern California when that happened. So they learn a little about a bit about one another personally, but they also learn who has a good sense of direction, who can follow directions carefully. They have a little fun saying, um, what would this mean? And the only time that there's been a big confusion about this was we were headed north. The directions had them headed north toward Napa. And I said, at this intersection, turn in the direction of Japan. And one person said, well, we should go east to get to Japan. And others in the car said, well, we could go east to get to Japan, but would that really be the quickest way? No, probably we would want to go west to get to Japan. So um, so they learn a little bit about geography. They learn a little bit about themselves personally. They learn who follows directions and, and who's not so good at following directions. That's phenomenal. I, I had a chance to listen to Eric Weinenmeyer, who is um, a blind man, who actually climbed Mount Everest um, being blind. And he's also gone down uh, rafting, uh, you know, heavy river, river rafting. I want to say that it was the Colorado River. And he, to me, was a huge inspiration about, um, one, being a leader and not being afraid to take risk. Now, needless mm-hmm. to say, he had a team that went with him. But um, I, can, I can see um, how what you do is very safe and really makes them feel comfortable in, this, in the activities that they're going to do and yet um, stretches them a bit. Probably not as much as Eric, but uh, I, I, I think but you definitely have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a bit. But oh, Linda, there's not, another funny fasting, thing I will tell you. And his dog did not go with him on the, on the climb. Yeah. There was one other yeah. funny thing that just occurred to me uh, for your last question there. We were working with a group that had both physicians as well as non-physicians trying to get to this destination. And the physicians who had cl- 
clearly the positional power, mm. were driving like like they were in a race. And the non-physician said, and they got lost. And the, <laughs> the non-physician said, I knew the whole time that they were missing these, these signposts along the way. But, you know, who am I to speak up if they thought they knew where they were going? I just let them. And that was such an important learning for this group because, as you know, in medical institutions, they're encouraging everyone to speak up if they see anything going on that's not absolutely right. And people are still hesitant in some cases to challenge positional power. So that was a really big aha for that particular group. Yeah, that's that's fast. That's phenomenal, Trudy. And I know when you told me that story, that just rang true, because a lot of the women that I'm working with um, come out of the military, uh, like mm-hmm. myself. You know, I came out as a major, and I was used to walking into a room, and everybody'd stand up, unless there was somebody who outranked me. But generally, that wasn't mm-hmm. the case. And you get used to that kind of command. And then, mm-hmm. as you knew, I, I was a VP at, at uh, several banks, and not quite the same thing, but people listened to you, and because you mm-hmm. had control over their jobs, their learning, their uh, raises, their promotions, their bonuses, and all of that, and so even though they know, they don't always tell you, so mm-hmm. it's a big aha for people who are stepping out of that into a more of an entrepreneurial realm or are trying to work on a more collegial um, atmosphere and actually using Paleo Ventures as a way of bringing that together. Would you say that's true? And we have just a minute or so. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true, Linda. And one of the things that people have to learn is how to get things done with others over whom they really have no control or authority or don't have the same kind of control and authority. But it's particularly important for people who recognize the positional power but know that they bring important skills to the party as well and to have that nerve and courage to say, with all due respect, I need to point out that we are now passing the third signpost that shouldn't be there. Right. And And, that and that can save people's lives, Linda. Exactly. And we're going to come back and ju- right after this break, and we're going to continue this discussion with Trudy. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I have fabulous guest today, Trudy Trinner. And Trudy's talking to us today about how to use outdoor adventures that are fun, and yet you learn some very vital um, strategic skills um, to help you should you ever get lost in the wilderness. Um, And one of the one of the comments that Trudy and I were talking about um, during the break was that when I was in the military, one of the things that folks who did who did not have rank could say to you was permission to speak freely, ma'am. And I think that's that's a really key phrase and idea that could very easily lap into positional power or even entrepreneurs. Um, so, Trudy, what what do you think about that? I know you you talked to me about where this work comes from, which is the influence work of Litwin and Stringer. Um, Could you say a little bit more about that? Sure. So influence is different than positional power because influence says sometimes you need to get work done with others over whom you have no direct control or authority. And if you think about many of of the jobs in corporate America, most of the work gets done with teams, and with individuals who are not necessarily leading it because we just don't have time to do everything top down anymore. Mm-hmm. So as I was looking, as I was looking at this program and thinking what were the key skills I would like all team members to know, I would like all team members to know what are the behaviors that account for success when you really need to get the work done, but just command and authority either don't belong to you or wouldn't be successful with the people you're working with. So I chose five key behaviors that account for success when you need to get work done with others over whom you have no direct control or authority. And all teams are that way because if you have 30 people on a team and you have one manager, obviously you need to have leaders within the group to push the work forward whether or not they have the positional power. Absolutely. So Trudy, what are those five skills? Knowing, supporting, and helping your associates, acknowledging others to participate, acknowledging the contribution of others, um, making sure roles are clear, and my favorite, my very favorite, is building enthusiasm for the task. Because Because if you're not enthusiastic about the work, if you can't demonstrate that to other people, you've seen this happen, Linda, if you have one naysayer in a group the group can spiral down quickly. On the other hand, if you have somebody in the group who can say, even in the toughest times, we can do this. It's going to be okay. We've done this before. Look, we're a great group. We're almost there. Let's keep going. And that's a skill that I emphasize again and again with with these outdoor teams because they're doing things they've never done before. And after they do one of the exercises, I'll ask them, than to get into their group once again, smaller groups, and 
talk about how somebody demonstrated being supportive and helpful or acknowledging the contributions of others or encouraging others to participate or who did or said something that showed that they were enthusiastic about the task and how did that affect the team. So it's really those discussions that bring it home for them. And Trudy, that's just, then, that's amazing. A, a lot of what you're talking about is actually in my program, The Art of Hurting Cats. So we've been channeling each other, uh, especially the whole part of you as the leader if, need to be enthusiastic. You need to have a drive to achieve so that the the folks on your team see that and get as excited and as inspired as you are about making that happen. Um, mm-hmm. So... Some of the things that you do, I know you've added a new um, skill uh, to the program, and you recently just took a group out and actually did something with what happens if someone breaks a leg. So (laughs) tell me how that (laughs) helps the team to communicate better, get better uh, relationships, all of that. How does that support your mission? Well, this exercise actually is, is not about a broken leg. It's about a broken femur, just, just oh. to be clear. And okay. if, you break your, if you break your femur, what happens is that the bones slide past one another, which is excruciatingly painful, excruciatingly painful, I'm told. Mm-hmm. So what you, what you need to do if you're in the wilderness is put tension on those bones so that they will align again and the muscles will stop cramping around them in simple terms. Mm-hmm. And so the way you do this is you hook a long branch or something in, in a belt loop that's longer than the leg. You tie a, ban- a bandana or a rope or something around the ankle and then another one around the end of the longer stick so that there's tension pulling those bones back together. Does that make sense to you, Linda? Yeah. Can you envision that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you probably know how to do that, having been in the military. I do. I remember first aid in, in the mil- field first aid, which is field very aid, different right. than what you do at you know in in barracks or whatever. So yes, I do. Right. Right. Exactly. And Jack always says this is not medical advice. This is just to to help somebody stop suffering if you are on a mountaintop or in the wilderness by yourself. So so it's a a field thing. So in the team, one person uh, volunteers to be the patient, and we give them the materials, or if we're in a place where they could find the materials themselves, they find the materials. And then they all try to figure out how to do this, and it's something that most people have never, never, never done before. And the whole time, they need to be communicating with the patient. Um, Is this helping? Can you feel the tension? Am I hurting you in any way? And they will either succeed or not succeed, and it really doesn't matter whether they succeed or not succeed since it's not competitive. But then the debrief on this is, how did you communicate with one another? How did you listen to people's different ideas? Who came up with an idea? Um, And what often happens here, Linda, is if somebody really knows the answer, they negate everybody else in the group because they say more or less, stand aside, I know how to do this, which is not a very effective team behavior. But often... The effectiveness here is we tried everybody's ideas. Everybody had something different to contribute. We, we tried everything. We acknowledged people when it worked. We made them feel okay when it didn't. And the key question is, who built enthusiasm for the task? Who said, let's keep going. We can do this. There must be a way. 
So they talk about how they work together, and then they show what, what they came up with. And it's, it's really a fun activity, very, very different, very unique for people. And then they say, oh, well, you know, now I feel like I know what I could do if I had to in the wilderness. And all of and our tr- skills are like that. And Trudy, do you work with them with their um, communication skills also with the patient? Um, you know, reassuring and letting them know what's going on and that kind of thing as well? It's a good fit, Linda, but we generally don't do that because we're okay. not really always working with medical, with medical folks. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it's okay. a nice thought. Yeah, I, I guess the only reason I asked is that um, I remember um, falling when I was in, in college and I ended up cutting the side of my foot um, and my friend and I got to the uh, clinic and the doctor's doing something, but I can't see it. And my friend's laying across my stomach because she doesn't want me to see it. But I'm getting things like, ooh, what's that? Oh, that looks like bone. And, and she's going, I'm, I'm, and I'm freaking out at the other end of this going, what the heck mm-hmm. is going on? So just reassuring the pa- the patient or the person who's playing the patient that mm-hmm. what what's happening is okay. And because oftentimes they can't see what's going on. Uh, would that be a good communication skills uh, exercise too? That would be perfect. I will add, I will add those questions to my debrief. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thank uh, you for the thought, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so you also say that what you do, the work that you do, um, also strengthens relationships among the people on, on a team. And how does it, how do you do that? You know, Linda, I think that probably is the most important thing that we do. I think strengthening those relationships, having people know people as people as opposed to positions or responsibilities or us and them kind of relationships, Mm -hmm. that's really the most important thing we do. And it's often what people say is the most helpful to them about the whole day that they get to know people as people. As a matter of fact, on the offsite we did Friday, there were people who said, oh, so you're Alice. You know, I've seen your name a million times, and we've never met. It's great to meet you. So in large groups... Yeah, it's it's great to be able to put a face to a name. Yeah, exactly. I think we had 33 people last week, and so some Mm -hmm. of them really had not ever met one another. So in a big team like that, just physically meeting one another, getting to know some things about one another, oh, so you're a single mom too, I didn't know that, or you're from, you're from Philadelphia too, I'm from Philadelphia too. So we do a number of really low-key get-to-know-you activities which help people learn more about one another. But one of the most effective things that we do is called a partner walk, and I put all of the names in an envelope on little slips of paper. And after lunch, when they normally would want to take a little nap, (laughs) I say, we're going to give you a unique opportunity to meet one person, have a conversation that you might never have had before. And I just pull the names out two by two and say, Alice, you'll be working with Mary. Linda, you'll be working with Patricia. And the task is to take a 20-minute walk, 10 minutes out, 10 minutes back. And I give them a discussion topic yesterday discussion topic was, what were the highlights of 2016 for you, and what are you hoping for 2017? So they take a walk in nature, 
Or if they don't feel like walking, I say find a shady spot, sit down, and have this conversation. So they have an intimate one-on-one conversation with another person, and often they will, and I will ask when they come back, who talked with somebody they had never had a conversation with before? And in yesterday's group, it was at least, on Friday's group, it was at least a third of the people who had never had a conversation before. So That's that's amazing. That's the the beginning of a relationship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you know people, you work better with them. And Trudy, I think one of the sad things about corporate life today and even with entrepreneurs is we become very siloed. Um, We're very much alone. We're not necessarily in large groups like that. We work at home. Uh, Oftentimes, you know, you're working remotely, even if you're in a large corporation, Mm -hmm. or the team is Mm -hmm. scattered around the world. And so you don't have the opportunity to necessarily come together uh, face-to-face. I mean, Skype's great, and Zoom and some of the other video uh, opportunities that we have, but that doesn't give you that really close relationship. And then, of course, you have uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, which to me really fosters that whole um, superficial relationship. You never really dig deeply. And so I love the fact that they get a chance to spend 20 minutes with each other, really learning about each other, finding out, um, you know, what was great about 16, what's wonder, what's going to happen in 17, or even just to find out about each other personally. I think that can be really, really important. And as you know, as a leader, building deeper relationships is really one key way to realize vision, goals, and the things that you're trying to accomplish with your teams, right? Linda, you're so right about that. If I If I had one key skill that I would recommend to a leader, it would be build a strong team, and you can't build a strong team if they don't know each other. Mm-hmm. So anything that a leader can do to make people feel that they're part of a team, mm-hmm. have that team vision, have that team excitement, have that team feeling, and I even encourage using the word team a lot because many people don't necessarily think of themselves as a larger team, even if they work in an organization, their team may be materials management or it may be distribution or it may be patient care or it may be um, publicity. So unless you can get the whole team to feel like a team, you're wasting potential. And for some of, some of your uh, clients and listeners who really work alone in their home, they can think about who is my expanded team here? Who are my vendors? Who are my good clients? Who are my friends? Who are my support? So they can actually start thinking about the team that they have to support them and, and do team building with that extended team, whoever they happen to be. Because breaking so, down silos is probably one of the very most important things that managers can do, whether they're in a corporation or not in a corporation. I think that's so true. I mean, my the the acronym always was together every one achieves more, and I always mm-hmm. used to say, no, it's typically everything's absolutely messy. Uh, <laughs> of how I saw teams. So building teams as an entrepreneur is very unique um, because generally you're working with contractors and consultants and that kind of thing who are not necessarily 
uh, in the same vision that you are. And it's how do you align those visions so that you're all working together towards a common goal and building those relationships, getting a chance to really understand and know what that person's about is a really absolutely key way of making that happen. So I'm so glad that you mm-hmm. do that in your outdoor adventures. Um, yeah, Trudy, and, I ha- and the, go ahead. Go ahead, Linda. Um, I actually had a question about uh, fire starting, and we've got a, a couple more minutes before the, the break. Tell me about fire starting. I know you said one, you know, the first time they come out, they get some assistance. The second time, they have to do it um, more uh, organically. So, what does fire starting do to a team? And give it to me in two minutes. <laughs> well, being able to start a fire is a critical survival skill in the wilderness because if you have a fire psychologically, you say to yourself, okay, if I have a fire, then I'm going to be okay. Let's see what else I can do now. So for a team, fire starting always sounds relatively complicated. So my son teaches them what kind of materials to get should be as long as a pencil and as skinny as a toothpick. He teaches them how to hold those materials once they've collected them as a team, how to work with a match and start it. It's called a a one-match fire. Mm -hmm. How to hold the materials and use the match and use the teamwork So one person holds, one person lights, and everybody else wind blocks. And then how to nurture that little flame into a real fire. So that's the activity that they do. But Mm -hmm. what they learn from that is it's possible, and it's also a team-building effort because everybody participates, everybody helps, and everybody learns how to do it. And so then you say, how is this like any other activity that you've never done before, and how is it helpful to work in a team? So what I mentioned to you was when a team goes out with us for the first time, we give them a match. Some of our teams now are coming for the second year, and so we wanted to change it a little, a little because generally they have new people who have been there the year before. I'm sorry, old people who have been there the year before and new people who <laughs> haven't had this experience. And right. so he now asks them to use a fire starter, which is a, a, a piece of metal with a, with a striker. Okay, Trudy. And... Trudy, when we come back, you can tell me what the learning was for that activity. And we're going to take a break right now. Come back and see us soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. 
You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have my guest, Trudy Trinner from Paleo Ventures. And we're talking about how the fun of outdoor team buildings can be used to deepen relationships and really get a team to be more cohesive, working together on some things that they probably wouldn't necessarily be doing in the office, but have lessons in life. And we were talking about fire starting, Trudy. And I know there's a lesson in why you teach them fire starting besides the fact that it's a key skill if you need to survive in the wilderness. Sure, Lynn. It's an opportunity for them to work together to do something that they've never done before, to appreciate the skills that each person brings, and also to see who can engender that feeling of this is fun, this is exciting, let's keep doing this. So again, we always refer back to our five key behaviors with building enthusiasm for the task being a very important one. Do you ever have teams where no one can um, sort of get the enthusiasm up for a particular project or is there always someone on the team who can do that? Actually, we have never had a team that, that couldn't get the enthusiasm up. And one of the reasons is that they're, that they're outdoors. And 90, 99% of people get enthusiasm and get energy just from being outdoors, in nature, out of the office, doing something different. Yeah, I think so that's, that's really key is to get them away from their comfort zone and where they're all uncomfortable in the same way um, because they don't necessarily have experience with that, yeah? Um, yes, yes. It's, uh, it's definitely a leveling experience for people. But there and are real benefits to being, to being outdoors. You know, there are physical and emotional benefits to being outdoors that help people feel enthusiastic and help them get excited about what's going on. And you take them to not real wilderness kind of areas, but it could just be um, like a wooded area in a in a park. It could right? be. We tr- we try we try to find an area that looks like wilderness and feels like wilderness, even if it's not far away. Mm-hmm. So it should be definitely a private area, a wooded area, and um, or a beach area. But that's right. It can be done almost anywhere since there's nothing terribly challenging. As long as it has a bathroom and as long as fires are legal, we can do it anywhere. Yeah, that can often be challenging on the beach because um, I know we we were doing some fun stuff um, in an evening with um, lighted kites and a a beach bonfire. And we actually had the uh, Santa Cruz police tell us that we could not do that, that we had actually called out the um, Coast Guard fire people um, and that this was something that we just couldn't do right there. We had to move down the beach. So, um, (laughs) yes, you sort of need to know what uh, parameters you have and what you can do, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're always very, very careful to check with park rangers or any officials who might, um, might be there. But I do have to say, very rare. The only time we've ever done anything beachy was in uh, um, Half Moon Bay, 
where the park that we were using was right across the street from the beach, and people said, "Oh, let's take a walk on the beach." Oh, it's not part of our it's not part of our usual venue. Well, I think it's it's a great place to do stuff like that, but um, there are some restrictions about what you can do at night, at least with fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Trudy, um, you you really love this, I can tell, and I watch you glow every time I see you at Mount Diablo Business Women. And so, what do you hope that your participants will say about being with you and being with Jack and experiencing what you have to offer them um, at the end of the uh, event? Well, we hope that they will say it was fun. Fun is a big part of what we do. We hope they will say it was helpful. And they will almost always say that it was helpful. They will say that they enjoyed it. They will say that they learned something. Um, and for for managers who take their teams out, we hope that they will say things like, uh, it completely changed our culture, or it broke down the silos, or it did exactly what I was hoping. It got them talking to one another. So it's it's that kind of thing that we are hoping for, looking for, and uh, always excited to see when we see our evaluation. Mm. And so what was one of the best testimonials that you've received for the work that you do? I think one of the best was from one of the most unexpected, actually. And this was this was from um, from a financial institution. And this woman said, um, what a difference a day makes. She said, our team knows and understands each other better and wants us to be better as a team after spending a great day with you. Fabulous experience. Thank you. So that was from a manager? That was from a manager. Okay. So tell me what the best comment you've gotten from a participant this was from a PG&E participant, and he said, this wasn't just team building, this was community building. And we loved that thought, that it goes beyond just a team, that it turns people into a community. Wow. And so, from last Friday, somebody said, I enjoyed every single minute. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So and you would say that... One. That the the difference a day makes and and how they've been able to communicate better and that kind of thing would that be the most significant result a client has experienced from you? Um, I think the most significant results was with a nonprofit, and in this nonprofit, and and this was the person I was thinking about when I mentioned to you silos. He mm-hmm. said this organization has been so silo so siloed that we weren't able to help our clients effectively. For example, if somebody had scheduled a client to come in and talk to us, but the housing department had not yet arranged their housing, then they would have to come back a second time, and they would have to take a bus the second time. And he said, after the after a day with you, the silos broke down, people started talking to each other, and they communicated better, so we served our clients better. And this, this is a group whose mission is to end homelessness in Contra Costa County, and I thought that that was really important that they were serving their customers better. That That's amazing because it, it is a, a an area that needs that nonprofit and those those individuals, that population is one that's often forgotten um, along with, you know, homeless vets and, and that kind of thing. So I think that's really powerful what 
they're saying about your uh, experience. So what would cause an organization, what are the needs that they might have that would cause them to connect with you and to book a paleo venture outdoor team building day with you? Well, if they feel that their team could be more effective and if their team wants to be more effective and uh, sometimes if, if there's a new manager and you want the manager to be incorporated very, very quickly with the team, mm-hmm. sometimes if you see the team members are not as effective as they could be or if you have that sense of silos or, this doesn't happen all the time, but or if you wanted to just reward your team for a great year, a great quarter or a great event. It can also be disguised as just a fun reward. So it, it, it sounds like you, you could actually take this as a celebration um, and fun, not just as a learning experience, although obviously you're going to learn a whole lot being out there with your team, but to couch it as a celebration because they've done something phenomenal um, as a team. Yeah? A- absolutely. One group, one group had us as their Christmas celebration for their team. Oh, fun. So they booked a paleo venture in December as their Christmas party. And, of course, you were hoping that it didn't rain, or do you actually do this in the rain as well? No, we do not do it in the rain, but we were so lucky that in November, December, January, and February, we never were rained out. But in case we should get rained out, we have a working agreement with the Lindsay Wildlife Experience in Walnut Creek to use their indoor facility. So we had a backup. Ah, that's Awesome. So, Trudy, you have uh, a free gift for our audience, and I haven't had a chance to experience one of these yet, but they sound amazing. Could you tell the audience a little bit about that? Sure. We do quarterly free preview days, and actually it's a half day. So anyone who is intrigued about what we do and would like to just have the experience for themselves is welcome to attend. We have the next one coming up on March 29th in Walnut Creek and April 7th in Mountain View. So simply give me a call and I will reserve your space for you, no charge, and uh, we'll have plenty of snacks and fun and uh, outdoor experiences for everyone. And thank you, Trudy. Um, I know the people who have attended these um, find them to be absolutely phenomenal and really um they gain so much even from just day that I'm sure you've gotten many clients from doing that. That is our most effective way of getting clients because as we mentioned, when you say outdoor team building, people have a different <laughs> opinion of what it is than what it actually is. Yes, we're back to the mud and the blood and the beer. Because um, I, <laughs> right. I do remember, um, you know, we had to do field training exercises in the military and Sometimes it it could be very painful. Uh, I remember a lightning storm, and I love the chaplain because he was the one who decided whether we stayed or came back. And Mm -hmm. he's looking at the lightning. He's going, "Oh, gee, it's just it's just heat lightning. Nothing else. It's he's really got to come down in order for us to really be concerned." And I said, "Oh, like that." And with that, there were two strikes and three trees that fell over. He said, "Yeah, I think we ought to come in." (laughs) And then we went back out the next day because it had quote stopped raining. Uh, uh-huh. and it started up again, and we're out there, and we're wandering around, and I said, so when do we call this? He said, when the water starts popping out of the top of your boots. So we went mm-hmm. on our day march, and I came back, and I, I stepped up to him, and I stepped down, and the water came out of both boots, and he goes, yeah, I think it's time to go in. <laughs> so 
Yeah, uh, it, it was always an interesting experience being out with the military on, uh, you know, uh, what we called our outdoor adventures uh, at that time. So, Trudy, I know you have a vision for where Paleo Ventures is going to go and what you and Jack are going to be able to do. Could you share that with our audience? Sure. I would like Paleo Ventures to be the first thing that comes to mind when people say, we need a team off-site. And I would particularly like that to happen in Northern California because I know the importance of the work that we do in Northern California. And I would just like all teams to benefit all teams to become stronger, all organizations to become stronger because they have stronger teams. But I would also like every single participant to have a better life because they have better communication skills. That is a phenomenal vision. So, Trudy, what sets you apart then from the other outdoor adventure companies so, so that our audience understands why you are the pre- premier outdoor adventure company? Linda, it's really the combination that you had mentioned. It's the combination of Jack's outdoor wilderness skills. He's a real expert. Um, People have described him as, oh, you're like our Indiana Jones. (laughs) And my organization development skills. So it's really that combination of outdoor team building fun and strong organizational skills leadership, understanding, and experience that sets us apart from people who, who do fabulous things. But I truly believe that those things tend to be more one-dimensional while we are two-dimensional. Mm. And Trudy, you mentioned that you wanted to be the premier company here in Northern California, and you wanted all teams in Northern California to experience Paleo Ventures. Now, as you know, our audience is global. Would you invite people from around the world to come to Northern California to experience Paleo Ventures? Absolutely, and I think it would be worthwhile. Sounds awesome. So do you have one more quick tip for our teams out there before we close? My quick tip is to build enthusiasm for everything that you do in your work and in your life. It makes a difference. It does. So very, very much. So with that, I want to remind you that building deep relationships with your teams are critical to the success of your vision, for accomplishing goals, for weathering storms, and for really being able to achieve what it is that you want to achieve with your team, with your business, with your life. And with that note, if you have any questions or you want to see how you can dig deeper on the art of herding cats and deeper into Paleo Ventures, then check out my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com or send me an email at lynda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Until next time, be courageous, dare to lead. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding